0: Hi, I'm James Wedmore, host of the Mind Your Business podcast, and I've built an eight-figure year company selling digital products around my knowledge and expertise. In fact, this is what I've been doing in multiple niches for the past 15 years. And if you've ever wanted to do the same, or maybe you're trying, but you can't seem to get any traction, here's how I can help. As you can guess, you need an audience if you want to sell your stuff, right? But what if I told you that you don't need a big audience. You don't need millions of followers to get started. In fact, we see that it's with just your first 100 leads where you really start getting some momentum. I mean, think about it. Imagine that you're on the stage of a room filled with just 100 people in that audience right now. That's a lot of people. You don't think that a few of them would walk up to you after your talk and ask, hey, how can I keep working with you? Of course they would, and that's why I created Your First 100 Leads. It's a 14-video step-by-step training mini course that walks you through exactly how to get your first 100 leads fast. And the feedback and results from this free program have been amazing. Diane Shepard said, This is one of the best trainings I've ever taken. Jake Curry said, We have had 753 people sign up for this free training. Are you kidding me? Dan Netting said, I'm currently going through the first 100 Leads training. And James, I got to say, it's brilliant. This training is A to Z complete. And the best part is it's absolutely free. To register, simply click the link in the show notes of this episode. Thanks so much. And I'll see you there.
1: Hey, and welcome to the Ambitious Bookkeeper Podcast. I'm Serena Shoup. I am a CPA and mom of three, and I'm running a virtual bookkeeping business, mostly from my home. You're in the right place if you're a bookkeeper, accountant, or an accounting student, and you know that your purpose is bigger than sitting in a cubicle. If you're ready to learn some actionable tips and strategies to help you start and grow a bookkeeping or accounting business, I hope you stick around. Welcome back. Today, we are going to chat about up-leveling your onboarding game. This is a question that I see coming up a lot, a lot, a lot, like, what do I, how do I do this onboarding thing? I feel like I'm all over the place, la la la, okay, so in small business, it's really good to, and important, to maintain a good rapport with your clients. But it's just as important to grow your business and expand your client base if you're trying to grow, right? So, this means going through the process of onboarding new clients. And this is where people get really hung up and feel like they don't have a good process, they are lacking information, things take forever. So, let's chat through this. The good news is, onboarding doesn't have to be scary. Um, But some of the concerns I see a lot are like, I don't know what information to ask for when I sign a new client. And what steps do I take with a new client? And what if I don't get anything, everything I need? Um, Most likely you won't get everything you need. So just go into it knowing that. Here's the thing. All of these are important, but these concerns can be narrowed down into two important goals. Setting expectations. And asking good questions. Why? Because these things will build trust, which is very, very important in our profession. And at the same time, it will set boundaries. Okay, so let's talk about setting client expectations. And this is all gonna roll into how well you feel you've onboarded your client. Yes, there's gonna be a lot of unknowns. Yes, you're you're probably gonna miss asking for a few things, but if we can back it up a little bit and set some good expectations for our clients and ask good questions, then we'll, we'll, we'll get a little further and do a little better. So one lesson I learned the hard way was not setting expectations with new clients right away. In fact, the expectations should show up in three places. So if you are doing other things, I want you to stop for a second. Come back to me here and maybe write this down. <laughs> Discovery call conversations is place number one where you need to start setting expectations. Place number two is writing it in your engagement letter. Place number three is more conversations during onboarding. You can never set too many, I mean, like you could set too many expectations, I guess, but you can't reiterate it enough. Like you just need to make sure that they're aware of the process. So not only does this set you up for success, it also means less chance for resentment on your end toward the client and difficult conversations down the line. Trust me, from someone i someone who has been down this road and made these mistakes before, and the best part is this will help build the trust right away. Your clients will see you as a professional and are less likely to treat you like an employee. After all, we're not going into business for ourselves just to be treated as an employee. Can I get an amen? <laughs> okay. So what kind of expectations should we be setting? And I'm just gonna give you a few ideas, but it ultimately is up to you and the types of engagements you're gonna have and the types of clients you're gonna be working with and how many boundaries you actually need to set depending on the type of client you're working with. So many of these things just really go back to like the type of client you're working with, but here's a few ideas. How often you'll be working on their stuff? Like how often can they expect updated books? How long will onboarding take? I honestly, like I used to feel very rushed with onboarding and I felt like it needed to happen quickly, but it doesn't. And you can set that expectation with the client. For instance, if we sign a new client on near the beginning of a month or like at the very end of one month and we're about to go into month end for all the rest of our clients, I set the expectation that we're probably not going to touch onboarding your stuff for two weeks. We're not going to even start it for two weeks. And then it might take us several weeks to complete onboarding you. I actually have one client right now. It's, it's taken almost three months to onboard them for various reasons, but the key here is just setting the expectation that it could take longer than they expect. Okay. So another example is how frequently you'll be sending them updates. So are you agreeing to update them weekly or update their books weekly and chat with them weekly? Or are you agreeing to just update update them monthly? Those expectations need to be set. That way they understand how often they can expect to hear from you and communicate with them about their books. Okay. Uh, another example is which days you have office hours is, you know, specifically if you have only certain days for appointments, um, or you have certain days that you'll be working on their stuff. I know this is how a lot of bookkeepers manage a large client load. They have specific days set aside for certain client work. So say you have client A, B, and C three, three different clients, right? You might work on client a and b on mondays and client c on tuesdays because it's a bigger client might take all day so setting those expectations with them is probably good that way they can expect to hear from you on the days that you're working on their account to answer their questions um and then if you have some non-negotiables that you need to bring up with potential clients uh i would love to hear. So uh, share on Instagram, DM me, snap a pic of this episode, tag me. I want to know if you have some certain non-negotiables that um, that you set, some expectations you set with clients. Uh, another one that we set with ours is that they'll have their reports by the 15th and then most of the time we deliver them by the 10th. So it makes us look really great. Um, okay, so let's get into asking good questions. One of the common concerns that we talked about earlier was, what if I don't get all the information I need at the beginning? Spoiler alert, news flash: the answer is you probably won't, but that's okay. I wouldn't spend so much time trying to prove yourself. You're there to make things easier for your client. So don't be afraid to ask more questions if you don't understand something. Um, some, you know, quote that I've found online... <laughs> Successful people ask better questions, and as a result, they get better answers. So another way of putting this, um, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your questions. So kind of the same thing, like the quality of your client relationships is determined by the quality of your questions. So if you ask them good questions, you're going to get more information and be able to work better with them. So you might feel like this makes you look stupid, but in reality, we rarely get all the pieces to the puzzle and don't know we might need something until after we've dug in a little. So picture this. You're battling with trying to figure out a large deposit in the bank statement. You finally decide to just ask the client, what was this $10,000 deposit from? And then they reply, oh, I put some more money into the business. However, when you onboard them, you never received or asked for their formation documents. So now you're not really sure how this contribution should actually be handled. Should it be a loan? Should it be paid in capital or owner's contribution? The answer depends on those formation documents, my friend. And nine times out of 10, if the client set up their own books, they probably have not accounted for their opening balances correctly. And most of the time, a business owner doesn't understand how their business structure affects how things should be accounted for. So let's do a little recap of today's episode. I hope you found this useful, helpful, by the way. Um, And of course, these expectations and questions, it really, you'll gain more experience the more you do it, do this. But I do actually help you with all of this. I have a couple resources. I have a course called Onboarding on Autopilot. It's a mini course. It strictly goes over onboarding. There's a lot of resources in there. Um, I'm actually about to revamp the program and update it. And then I also have the Bookkeeping Business Accelerator, which we dive into onboarding and all things client work and um, marketing and sales, pricing, all that good stuff. So I invite you to check out my website and see when uh, the accelerator is opening again for enrollment. I do it in cohorts because it is very high touch. Uh, We meet weekly. We have co-working sessions weekly, and uh, I like to just basically give my bookkeepers and accountants 100%, and that is why it only opens once a quarter. So we will be opening again um, in the fall, so mark your calendars, keep an eye out for that. But if, in the meantime, you're really struggling with onboarding, I encourage you to check out the Onboarding on Autopilot course. It is on my website, ambitiousbookkeeper.com, and you will find it right there on the front page. So let's do a little recap on onboarding. Remember, the two things you want to focus on when onboarding are setting expectations and asking good questions. That is the simplest form of onboarding of course there's process involved there's engagement letters there's uh, systems all that good stuff which i can help you with as well but the main things i want you to take away from that is even with good systems and and process they're going to fall apart if you don't set expectations and ask the right questions okay my friends that is all for today i hope you found this useful don't forget to subscribe share this podcast with some of your accounting buddies um, and friends and I will talk to you next week
0: dishes.